They're a kingdom that is part of the planet. The planet doesn't survive without them. We probably will benefit using them for our health and wellness. Um, doesn't mean that all mushrooms are good and it doesn't mean that mushrooms are better than good bacteria or good plants. They're just part of a holistic, smart lifestyle. They're just very overlooked. And there's like these immediate benefits and immediate clear things that you can get by just incorporating a little bit of them to your diet. So that's probably going to help you live a life that you more want to live, you know, a healthier life. That's Taro Isocapilla. Isocapilla? Isocapilla? Isocapilla. Taro Isocapilla. I think that's right. This week on the Ritual Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, people, how you guys doing? What's happening? Are you feeling all right? Are you feeling good? I hope so. Thanks for dropping by. My name is Rich Roll. It's just two syllables, far fewer than today's guest. And I'm your host, and this is it, man. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. Thanks for dropping in on the show where each and every week for the last five years, I go deep, I get intimate with the most compelling and brightest minds in wellness, fitness, nutrition, sports, tech, entrepreneurship, basically the coolest people I can find to continue my learning curve, people who personally inspire me to be better, and hopefully all of you guys as well. So today I sit down with my buddy, Taro Isakapila, who is a longtime friend. He's an awesome dude and an expert on the health, medicinal, and healing properties of mushrooms. This is a guy who is doing a lot to bring the ancient mushroom wisdom to the mainstream. And this is the subject of today's conversation. It's amazing. I think it's going to blow some minds out there and I'm excited to present it to you guys in a few minutes. But before I get into it really quick, I wanted to take a moment to express a few thoughts on what went down in Las Vegas a couple days ago. I'm heartbroken. You know, I'm really, really devastated and without words on how to express this sense of devastation that I feel. I can't imagine those of you who are listening who perhaps were impacted either directly or indirectly by what has transpired. And if you're listening and that is that is you, my heart goes out to you. Um, I just, uh, I hope that you can find some peace and uh, some sense of seeing your way through what I can only imagine is perhaps the most devastating thing you could possibly imagine. And it creates a sense of powerlessness, a hopelessness that this is what it has come to, that this is what is going on in our culture. And I can feel that pessimism percolate up inside myself, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I choose to remain optimistic that we will find solutions, that we will organize to get the gun control we so desperately need, and the mental health services that are really fundamentally required to properly treat all of those out there who suffer, those who are in such a dark place that even the idea of doing something like this occurs to them. And I can't change what happened. I wish I could, but I can't. But I can, and we can still focus on things that, that we can control to make the world a little bit better. So if you listen to the most recent podcast that I did with Colin Houdon, then you know that I'm using my upcoming 51st birthday, which is on October 20th to try to do a little good by raising money for my buddy, Scott Harrison, who is an awesome podcast guest for his foundation, Charity Water, to build clean water projects for those in need. 
we take clean water for granted, but 663 million people live without it. That's nearly one out of every 10 people worldwide. And every day, about 1,400 kids die from diseases caused by unsafe water and poor sanitation every day, which is insane. And even more insane is that although this problem is admittedly huge, it's totally solvable through some pretty basic, simple solutions like drilled wells, spring protections, and filters. And this is something that nobody does better than Charity Water. So my goal, which I think is totally doable, is to raise $51,000. And to reach it, I'm asking you guys to dig into your pockets and pledge $51, bucks, $1 for each year that I have enjoyed clean water, 100% of which will be directly deployed to build these clean water projects, which will impact over 1,500 people if we reach our goal. And that's an act that will change their lives tremendously and those of generations to come, which is just so powerful and incredible. And what's really cool is that when the water projects are complete, Charity Water will send us tons of photos and GPS coordinates so we can see up close and personal the impact and the exact community that we helped, which is amazing. So to learn more and to donate, visit my fundraising page at my.charitywater.org forward slash richroll. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And I should say that if $51 is too much, uh, donate whatever you can. And if you're feeling generous, more, of course, is even better. Your generosity isn't just appreciated, it's needed. And it's needed now more than ever. And perhaps this can even serve as a good, healthy outlet for whatever frustration or consternation that you're experiencing or feeling in the wake of the Vegas shooting. And I really think that together we can make a huge difference in so many people's lives. So thank you. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics. And just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team. From increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And 
With that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. Okay, Taro. Taro is such an interesting, fascinating guy. Hailing from Finland originally, Taro is a lifelong student of nutrition and its impact on the human body. Now he is the president and marketing director of a company called Four Sigmatic. That's the company behind a wide variety of very popular medicinal mushroom coffees, hot cacaos and elixir products, which now sells in over 25 countries. I'm not talking about psychedelics, people, calm down. And I'm also not talking about your garden variety portobellos or even things like truffles either. I'm talking about immunity, longevity, and energy-boosting mushrooms, adaptogenic superfood varieties most people have never even heard of or maybe only know a little bit about or nothing at all, things like reishi, chaga, lion's mane, and my personal favorite, cordyceps. Taro is an expert on this stuff. He's an expert on superfoods and natural health. He's been a featured speaker at all kinds of cool events like Summit Series and Wanderlust and Soho House. And he was chosen as one of the world's top 50 food activists by the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. In addition, both he and Four Sigmatic have been profiled everywhere, including Vogue, Time, Forbes, W Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, BuzzFeed, Bon Appetit, Goop, Well and Good, Mind Body Green, and many, many others. He is also the author of a great new book entitled Healing Mushrooms, A Practical and Culinary Guide to Using Adaptogenic Mushrooms for Whole Body Health, which hits bookstores everywhere October 10th. It's a great read. It even includes a whole bunch of recipes, I think 50 recipes all told, and you guys should all pick it up. 
So this is a great conversation that tracks Taro's unique path growing up on a farm in Finland as a 13th generation farmer, learning to forage mushrooms as a kid, to the entrepreneurial success he is today. It's also a fascinating deep dive into this mysterious mushroom kingdom and how these fungi provide a foundation for gut health and overall health. And we also get very specific on the individual adaptogenic properties of the most prominent superfood varieties and how incorporating them into your daily routine can take your health and your vitality to the next level. Finally, make sure you stick around to the end because Taro has a pretty cool giveaway I'm going to tell you about called 120 Days on Shrooms, just for you guys, for listeners of the show. Full disclosure, uh, Four Sigmatic has been a sponsor of the podcast in the past, and I hope they will be a sponsor in the future because I love the company and I support their mission. But this episode is not some kind of paid sponsorship thing. Like I said, Taro and I go way back. I sought him out for this conversation because I really wanted to share his wisdom with you guys and i received nothing in return for this other than knowing you guys will benefit from listening so that's it okay let's talk fungi i'm sitting here uh with the original fun guy himself to talk about the magical mysterious medicinal properties of the mycelium the mushroom, right? Yeah, the fungi. I know. We're yeah. going to unpack all of this. It's really cool. Uh, thank you for coming up here. Thanks, Thanks for, for having this, me. Uh, thank you for bringing some of your products. We're drinking some lion's mane tea. Yay. Coffee. Do you call it? It's co- you call no, it coffee. No, we call it elixir. Elixir, right. Is when it doesn't have coffee. We used to call it tea, but then when we started, we really didn't know much about like the regulation of starting a company or anything like uh-huh. that. And if you use certain words, then like if you say tea, you have to have the tea leave in it because mm. it's a plant. Mm-hmm. It's um, so. Um, but coffee doesn't have that same. But this one doesn't have tea or coffee, so, so we elixir. call it an elixir. You could call it a potion, or you could call it a drink mix, but mm-hmm. we just call it an elixir. I just think uh, I kind of love the sound of that. It's nice, man, and it tastes good. And we're going to talk about the uh, the properties of all of these mushrooms. But I think maybe a good way to kind of launch into it is just to establish or at least kind of expand people's awareness of this crazy mushroom kingdom because yeah. we don't really think about mu- – we think about mushrooms in the context of like mushrooms on our pizza and it yeah. kind of ends there, but, you know – Mushrooms are in 40% of pharmaceuticals. Uh, 92% of plants are dependent on mushrooms. 25% of the Earth's biomass is is uh, is, is mushroom based, yeah. fungi based. Yeah, yeah. And I think I read uh, in your stuff like 85% of our RNA and half of our DNA is shared with mushrooms. Yeah. That's insane. It is pretty insane. We don't even think about it. It's like this invisible reality that surrounds us and informs our world. Um, but it's not part of our like daily consciousness or awareness. I mean, I know you're working to change that, but uh, but that's the truth, right? Yeah, it is. It is like, um, it's often looked at as, as this like sub subgroup of vegetables that you put on your pizza or a topping. It's like, do you, do you want like bell peppers or mushrooms on your pizza or do you want, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, it's but, like saying, do you want a plant or do you want, you know, it's like but it's you a kingdom. It's a kingdom. Yeah. So, um, 
as much as plants are the foundation of good health, bacteria is a kingdom and good bacteria is a foundation of good health and fungi is a kingdom and it's a foundation of good health, I think. And, and when something is a kingdom, there's something that will heal you and there's something that will hurt you. Mm-hmm. And um, even though as much as you're all about the plant powered way, there are certain plants that if you go in the forest and you pick them wild, they're lethal, right? It's not gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so the same with mushrooms. Some of them are bad there's bad right. mushrooms out there, but then there's these really healing ones. But um, to your point is that when something is a kingdom, it's needed in this ecosystem and, and plants actually need these fungi, this mycelium mass to collect water and nutrients. They mm-hmm. like spread out, they're like an extended root system and they help collect water or, and they help break down organic and inorganic matter in the forest. So they are essentially like the vacuum cleaners and the decomposing machine of the forest and, and mother nature. Mm-hmm. And they can even break down radiation and these in, inorganic things like even oil, diesel, you can, they can go right. on. And, and now the latest discovery a few years ago is that they can eat plastic. That's and a huge discovery. That, that's it. They're trying to figure out people, I guess, much smarter than I am, try to figure out applications on how this mushroom that was discovered in the Amazon a few years ago, how it can be used to just break down plastic. But the kicker is that now they're saying it's totally safe and good for you to eat as well after mm-hmm. it's composted. After plastic. it's, so, <laughs> yeah. so essentially you're eating, de- you're eating uh, decomposed plastic. Well, I don't know. Processed through fungi. I, I need to, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't tried it yet, so yeah. I can say if it's, if it's good or not, but, uh, but it's fascinating that, that really the, the core essence of fungi is, is the mycelium that you don't see, like the root system that's yeah. under, under the ground. We think of the mushroom cap, but that's just yep. the flower. Uh, yeah. It's, it's as much, if you see that mu- traditional mushroom shape that is like iconic in its own way, that is called the fruiting body. And that's as much as you see an apple from an apple tree. And then the apple tree itself is is called mycelium or hyphae and that is underground and that is like you said about 25 percent of the earth's biomass is is fungi and the the funniest or the most amazing one is actually in oregon and it's a honey mushroom that is size of about twenty thousand basketball courts and it's one mushroom whoa and it's basically in this natural park and um some people say it's 2,000 years old. Some people say it's 4,000 years old, but it's, to our knowledge, the oldest and largest living organism in, in planet Earth. That's so. amazing. How did they even discover that? Well, or how do you calculate the size of it? <laughs> you know? It is basically like, it's actually munching on trees. It's eating trees. So actually fungi and um, animals share this one thing is that we cannot produce our own food. Because plants can, plants mm-hmm. can produce their own food, um, but we need external food sources. And same with mushrooms. And that mushrooms can like also create vitamin D from the sun the same way as we can. But that's another conversation. Um, point being is that they're going to munch these trees, and 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 they like to eat this natural park slowly and and decompose it into soil and topsoil. And so, um, but yeah, there's some clever people who've dedicated their whole life to just like a few different types of mushrooms, and they love to geek out and very specifically i try to look yeah. at the bigger picture but there's people that are just dedicated on looking at this honey mushroom particularly right that's amazing so 
how did this whole thing begin? I mean, you come from a long line of farmers, right? Yeah. You grew up on a farm, like 13th generation. Like you, you, your family farm dates back to like the 1600s or something like that. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because you just got back from Sweden, but yeah. um, Finland was like 600 years part of Sweden and it's still our second language, Swedish and official language. And we don't really know how old the farm is, but we know at least then. And uh, yeah, that's where it kind of started. And mom taking me and my older brother out foraging for mushrooms and berries and leaves and shoots. So mm -hmm. it's not just mushrooms, but it was like, it was not a foreign concept of going to the forest and picking out something and having dinner from that the same days. So right. So it was you like, learned at a, at a very young age, what's an edible mushroom, what's not, how to pick, how to pick. How yeah. To the do basic ones. Um, we obviously when we were forging, we were forging like chanterelles and bolides, which are more of your culinary mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And obviously now my passion is in these healing functional mushrooms. But, um, um, yeah, that was where we started is like chanterelles, which is such a posh food now. It's like, yeah. you're like, like Michelin star for quality uh -huh. food, but in there it's like just everywhere. They're, they're all like, over the place. Yeah. And were you, were you growing produce on the farm too? And, and yeah, oats, animals and things oats, like that? Or? Yeah. Oats was the core. Uh, so when I was young, the farm was actually really big in today's world. It's actually really tiny because the farm sizes have just increased. It's both in, in, in farming grains or, or, you know, staples, but also in animals. Like we had 50 of these like heirloom cows mm -hmm. and, and now if you go to a, like, you, I mean, you're beyond familiar with it. There's there could be like 20,000, you know, right. it's in, it's just like the size, like I would know most of their names. Yeah. Um, today's world, if you just, what's that? The gnarliest place, Kaolinga, when you drive to San Francisco. Uh, it's the worst. It's, you smell it like as you're driving in, it's, you smell it. And it's just like the saddest sight. But when I was a kid, and this might be different in the US, but in Finland, like we had a big farm. Mm -hmm. And then now it's like barely survived. So a lot of the income is based on tourism. And we have these cottages by these beautiful lakes and then uh, forest. Um, just, you know, uh, it's a renewable energy source, but also like it, money grows on trees in a way. So, um, but yeah, oats, um, I'm sure if, I haven't, did you notice when you go to Sweden, like oat milk is like, it's a thing. There's a brand called Oatly, who's now also in the US that instead of almond milk, we use a lot of oat milk. I didn't see that. I don't recall that specific brand, but I did go to a couple uh, grocery stores and I, no I did notice oat milk being a thing. Yeah, um, oatmeal is like, Scandinavian staple breakfast right and then oat milk is a thing <clears throat> as well so a lot of people even though they don't approach it from a like like super super health conscious but there's a lot of like lactose intolerance and yeah. so almost every household is familiar with the concept of like offering something like an oat milk or like a lactose intolerant option you know I found the the community in Stockholm to be super forward thinking and health conscious. There were tons of really healthy restaurants and vegan restaurants and, mm -hmm. and gourmet supermarkets that have, yep. you know, amazing fare. Like it, it was, it, it was great. Like I felt like, you know, they're, they're totally, you know, on the page. Is yeah. it like that in Finland as well? Yeah. I think, I think, um, Finland and maybe Norway are the most forward thinking. Uh, I think at one point Finnish people ate more superfoods than mm -hmm. any other nation in the world. 
But I think compared to especially LA, it's more about, you know, um, the, the staples versus exotic yeah. superfoods. It's more like, you know, the berries and, you know, having clean local food. Um, so I think there's, it's less about being like a trend or it's more about mm -hmm. a lifestyle choice. Yeah. It's like generally like clean food and good quality food is just appreciated in general. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely got that there. Um, ugh, so beautiful there, man. What yeah. a magical part of the world. It is it incredible. It's, we took the, this ferry out from Stockholm to the archipelago, yep. to the outer reaches of it. For the, and it's like a two hour ride and you just these islands that you go through and, and just, you know, the extended outreaches of, of Stockholm that, you know, it's just literally like all these beautiful homes on the water all yep. everywhere you look. And it's just really Yeah, that's, quite that's a huge thing is even if you're not like health conscious or particularly connected to nature, pretty much all Scandinavian Nordic people will in the summertime because the summer is so short. Yeah. It's when we take a break. They go we, crazy. There's so many people that were super tan. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, like when the sun comes out, it's, it's about full worshiping. on. Yeah, it's full yeah. on. It's uh -huh. and if, if you, uh, if you ever go to like, I don't know, Thailand or a Miami and you meet Nordic people, they're always like a little sunburned because they're yeah, like, yeah. once they see it, they're so at it. Uh -huh. And, uh, Point being is like then people would go in these summers and they go into these cottages or the countryside kind of dwelling and and that's when you like preferably don't even have running water and and you're just living kind of for that month or two really in nature mm -hmm. without a lot of the modern things and right so it's a big part of the culture for sure so you're foraging for mushrooms with your mom and you're yeah. learning about this world uh, but but it wasn't it wasn't like the plan was to turn this into a profession, right? Never. You go to school, but there's a, there's a cool story about this contest that you, that you enter when you're in college, right? That kind of flipped the light switch for you. Yeah. I, I joke often that I work for mushrooms and then that mushroom chose me and not the other way around. Cause I feel like there's been so few times in my life, like, you know, like, is it the universe or just random chance or whatever the reason is like certain things click. And even though I've grown up foraging, uh, for mushrooms, but I also was equally excited about berries and other things like that. And um, as almost as a joke, me and my college friend entered this innovation contest in in, in the Nordic countries. The government really like supports, and it's it's like a little socialist. Like there's certain like benefits. Like you can't really be homeless, for example, there. And there's all these things. And one of the things is they try to encourage innovation. It's like a huge thing. And uh, we were bored on our first year of college and we we're just like bored didn't know what to do so and we came from this area where which was identical to the hokkaido island mm -hmm. and the northern main island in japan and we'd already talked about like um like the similarities and and then one evening um um me and my friend basically like discovered that there's this mushroom that is like a nugget it's like the truffle for the japanese also grows in Finland, in where we grew up. And we didn't much think of it, but we thought, well, we'll just, as we're bored, we'll just um, submit this idea of building a foraging network. Because we were already finished, people already foraging for these bolides, these like, um, like culinary mushrooms to Italy and sending them to Italian restaurants. So why not do that to Japan with this mm -hmm. mushroom that was just discovered and, and passed the idea and, and then we won. And, we but, were, and these mushrooms are in crazy demand in Japan, right? Like yeah. the market price is insane. Yeah, it is. The, um, 
Yeah, it's 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 what I would just say is the truffle for the Japanese. So、mm-hmm. it's like incredible price because there's such a small demand, a、uh, small supply, and、um, I don't know if this is any more true, but ten at that time, Tokyo had more Michelin star restaurants than London and Paris combined.、Mm-hmm. So when they do something, they do it really seriously, and there's a lot of like really good restaurants. Obviously, a lot of people as well, and、uh, these restaurants love this one mushroom. So right. So you win the contest, and and that's sort of wind in your sails, or sort of a, a, a nod from the universe, like, hey, maybe there's something here to explore. Yeah, unfortunately, I was never like passionate about, and still I am not as serving the one percent.、Mm-hmm. And even though it was cool, we got money from the government; they were ready to support our launch of this brand. Me or my friend were neither like gung ho about like figuring out a system to serve miscellaneous star restaurants in Japan. You know,、right. it's not like. So when I ended up donating the business idea to that, but I mean, just through that process, I learned so much more about like how can a like a little piece of a mushroom be worth like five hundred bucks, and what is I, at that time, especially in my life, I was thinking about value, like what is how you value things,、mm-hmm. like it's paper, it's money is a paper, but you exchange it for things, and for some how for some people something is worth this, and for some other people it's worth ten thousand times more, and.、Uh, But I just wanted to travel around the world, see and explore different cultures, and that was not my calling at that point. But it left this like planted a seed that then, a few years later, like blossomed into like becoming totally obsessed with mushrooms. But at this point, it was like like I was not kind of ready for it. Yeah,、yet. yeah, yeah. So you, I mean, you've lived in. I think you said before we started the podcast, you've lived in ten countries. So you traveled quite a bit after that. Yeah, and I was picking up odd jobs here and there.、Uh-huh. I worked for a university and. Vancouver, Canada, and you know,、um, I was spending time in the Philippines and、uh, Hong Kong and Paris and whatever, and 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 that kind of also gave me perspective because Nordic countries, certain things are really good, but it's also very like a small society. So then going out in the world and also seeing how agriculture is in different parts of the world,、mm-hmm. and also exploring each country's own best superfoods and their like sacred. Things that not only have nutrient density, but they have a cultural meaning,、mm-hmm. like same way as in Finland, like chaga mushroom or nettle root or、uh, rhodiola root are things that are like big things in our society. Or, or sea buckthorn.、Um, when it would go to Philippines, I would figure out moringa leaf or something is、mm-hmm. is a thing. Yeah, it's、There's, like their version. Of yeah,、that. so it's also like fun to see how around the world certain other things are like. Holy or sacred for that society and that region. Right. Well, at the same time, when you when you're in Asia, it's it's impossible to not notice these sort of、uh, holistic traditions that date back thousands of years、yep. that have been healing, you know, people and been、um, kind of you know part and parcel of their kind of medical, you know, industrial complex. You know, yeah, herbal remedies, you know, traditional Chinese medicine. These practices have been harnessing and leveraging the power of, <clears throat> you know, herbs and of course mushrooms for quite a long time. But that is a foreign concept, to say the least, to you know the Western mind. Yeah, I remember when I lived in Hong Kong, I would go.、Um, there was this plant-based restaurant in the heart of Hong Kong. Has this main area is the Hong Kong Island, where the British originally、yeah. came, and in the heart of the Hong Kong Island. At the center of the center of the center is this area called Central, and there's these 
world's largest escalators going up and up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go to this plant-based restaurant with my friends and right next door to it, at the absolute heart of it, it's this little corner Chinese medicine store that would sell for like, um, I think it's something like 50 cents in US dollars or something uh-huh. like that. This little cup of 24 bitters. And it's the most like this bitter, nasty drink. But I would see people in suits going into big banks and then they were just on their way. They would stop for this little cup of like bitters and they would just chuck it every day. And it was like fascinating to see is that it was not a big deal. It's not, it's not going to the Erewhon and mm-hmm. like, it was just like, it's almost like their Starbucks in a way, their own like traditional Starbucks. You chug it, go to work. Yeah, and, and you're it's, like, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> and we would always stop by there and have this little cup of bitters. And you get addicted to it after like a week or two of drinking these extreme bitters, you start craving for it. You're like, if you skip a day, you're like, I kind of need bitters right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, you well, it, it's probably you know planting your microbiome yep. with uh, you know the, that population of of microbes that start to crave that kind of thing. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, cool. So, so when does the idea uh, you know occur to you to create this business out of mushrooms? Like, where does that well, come from? Well, yeah. So at at one point I was like, A, I had seen is that like the knowledge I learned growing up in Finland was not commonly available. Like it was one, it was just understanding is that like a lot of people, even a lot of like successful people um, have no clue on, on a lot of the kind of what I consider to be somewhat basic knowledge and nutrition. And I saw them, the stress levels and just their life quality being pretty low. And uh, so that was one thing. The other thing is like, I, you know, I just, I was, me personally was excited about it. And I was ordering like random capsules and pills of various superfoods, including, you know, mushrooms from um, shady websites and like trying <laughs> to like put them in my smoothies. And, and I thought this the must dark be, web. <laughs> yeah, this must be made easier. <laughs> like I couldn't convince a lot of my friends to do it because it was so shady. It's like, even if the ingredients are good, if they're not presented in a way that it's like, less you know scary that's really important so right like pro- well processing and and bioavailability also right which oh, we're going to sure. get into but yeah so like i would be just like combining formulating my own things and opening these capsules and pills and i was like oh this needs to be made easier but the original plan even at that point was that that we'll do like a bunch of stuff i wanted to make a pine pollen product that was the first product we started working on so um so I partner up with a bunch of my older like, roommates from different countries and like it's like a group of friends um, originally from Finland though. And we started working on these all these products and 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 every time we try to make a decision, we came back to mushrooms. And it was like it was like all this like I tried to run away from it, but it just kept coming uh-huh. back. Why do you why is that? Like why did you keep coming back to that? Because you felt like that was underserved in the market or there was a, a lack of understanding or well for me, first of all, it was like um, I was obviously first a believer, but I was like an equal believer on some other stuff. But then secondly is when I tried to convince of these other stuff, like let's say bilberries. So bilberries are like wild blueberries that grow in Finland. Um, if I would put them in my friend who was an athlete into his smoothie, he's like, oh, it's good, tastes good, but mm-hmm. he wouldn't notice anything. Um, that's why I think coffee is pretty popular around the world is it gives you a noticeable result. You know, it's like, yeah, it's pretty immediate. It's like, okay. (laughs) Or Adderall. It's like, okay, I take it. I feel it. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with especially cordyceps. 
Yeah, because you were a really fast runner, right? Like you're. Well, I don't know fast. Well, <laughs> you know, you were a good runner, and you had this kind of epiphany moment with cordyceps. Yeah, and it's actually funny. Like two years after, as we we're launching our product, somebody emailed me. Is like, have you heard of this guy Rich Roll? It was at the time that you had this post with Tim Ferriss's blog. Uh huh. This was must be before finding yeah, I did. Ultra. He let me. Well, no, what happened was. Uh, Tim was gracious enough to let me do a guest post yeah. on his blog that it that 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 would come out sort of at the same time as my book came out. Okay. And so at this point I had not heard of the book yet. Right. And it was like I think that was the first time I discovered you as well. So it was like, yeah, ten it was like uncommon superfoods from yeah, the world and Cordyceps was one of them. Cordyceps was one of them. And it was something that that you, do you know Compton Rom? Do you know Compton? No, I don't. He's since moved, but he's he's moved to Utah, but he was like my my sort of mentor and shepherd into the world of superfoods and kind of um, uh, you know bizarre, uncommon yeah. uh, foods that could boost performance. Yep. And he's a PhD in microbiology, and he taught me about the microbiome. And he would create these, he would craft these insane elixirs at his house. He has a company called Ascended Health, and yep. he was developing different product lines and he would call me and he'd say i just came up with this thing like you got to come over here and try it and it would be like the foulest tasting <laughs> you know thing everybody it would be like bubbling up like yeah. out of frankenstein's laboratory or something yeah. but it was incredible yeah. the yeah. impact that this was having on my training and my recovery so and cordyceps what, was a key part of that what i mean clearly he had an impact but what got you fully into like go into the kind of the uncommon and uncharted territories was it just your personality of like if you do it you want to do it the best you can or or well, what got sure. you draw, drawn into like things like cordyceps which at that point probably nobody had really heard of yeah i think what happened was i had had such a uh, a profound experience in changing my diet and mm -hmm. how that impacted my life and that got me interested in um, human potential and performance and and my interest in ultra endurance was kind of uh, triggered by that impulse, like yeah. which became an obsession because that world of ultra endurance is a is a beautiful template to yeah. to test these things, right? And when I went plant based, it was it was an extraordinary thing, and I was like, okay, well, what? Okay, so that's that's great, but like, what's next? And if yeah. I want to perform as an athlete, there's this whole world of other stuff here mm. that I probably never would have explored without Compton because he was yep. like, let me take you in and I'm going to teach you about all these Did things. At, at that point, had you heard of the myth and lore of cordyceps and the running, especially in the yeah, endurance there was world? The, there was a, was it the um, Chinese yeah, the uh, female? Yeah, uh, 93. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they won all these gold medals out of the blue yeah. and, and everybody know. was doping. <laughs> yeah, everybody. I, I mean, look, honestly, you could have still been doping, who mm -hmm. knows, but they never got caught. And then right. they, they were asked like, well, how did you break? I just remember that I th that one of the ladies broke uh, 30 minutes on 10K for, I think, the first w woman in the mm -hmm. world. Ever it was like 1933 or something like that, right? When this happened? Not 93 Stuttgart. Oh, early 90s. Oh, okay. Early 90s. Um, and that was groundbreaking, you know, going under 30 minutes. Uh, I've never, <laughs> never gone right. under 30 minutes, so. Um, so and the, they were saying yes. There well, was like we, tons we of cordyceps. cordyceps, and this is this, and they're like, we didn't invent this. This has been this goes back thousands and, of years with Chinese medicine. And since then, like Stanford, which you're familiar mm -hmm. with, has studied cordyceps. And there's like, and then after that, I feel like the Western world. But that's why I feel like that's 
that one usually cordyceps is popular among people who are in like endurance sports or right it's an easy sell like yeah this is a performance enhancer yeah. like it's different when you say oh this will relax you this yeah will help you fall asleep this will improve your mental clarity Plus, but like if you're like you're gonna be a better athlete <laughs> yeah. you know like you're gonna immediately attract you know a large and, group and there's this the one study that gets quoted a lot uh which is that the vo2 max improvement up to 15 percent, which mm-hmm. is it's on untrained individuals you know, it's it's not going to be if you're on and you peak performance. But if you're in peak performance, you want two percent, two percent more millimoles in your VO2 max. It's like mind blowing, you know, that alone. Right. So, yeah, I think and it it has something to do. You can speak to this more intelligently than I, but it has something to do with improving your uh, your body's ability to uptake and utilize oxygen more efficiently. Correct. So, um, so kind of. Going back, cordyceps is is an odd mushroom. Most mushrooms, the top mushrooms grow on trees. Cordyceps is a really random, random. It's actually it's a, like paras- a fungus that grows on the back of some beetle or something. Yeah, like exactly. That, right? It's a parasitic one. Commercially made ones are vegan. There's no animals. You can grow you, it in a lab. Is that yeah, how it correct. Works? Or yeah, you basically you can you can. There's two ways you can grow the mycelium or the fruiting body, and there's a few different strains that are safe for humans and. They're all actually they're all safe for humans, and I'm saying this because somebody might have seen this documentary of BBC with cordyceps taking over these killer ants, uh-huh. and uh, it's Richard Attenborough like poetically oh, explains how that. how cordyceps takes over uh, um, ants, and uh, but yeah, it's an odd like this mythical uh, mushroom. It's in the fungi family, and it was discovered by the Sherpas in the high like Tibet Himalayans mm-hmm. say they were like the yaks, which are like these big local bulls, domesticated big mammals that would carry heavy things up the mountains. And they were all tired. And then they started grazing on this mushroom and they got this like this jolt of energy. And they're like, the Sherpa's like, what's going on? And uh-huh. they, they started eating it and it became a thing 2000 years ago. And, uh, and it was used for like, for respiratory issues, for lungs, for like people might have had asthma, and then lower back, which is funny, that's where your adrenal glands are. Mm-hmm. So they like, one thing that cordyceps does is just like an adaptogen, so it helps your body to adapt to stress, and that happens usually through the glands, and then the whole HBA axis, you know, how your adrenals and hypothalamus and those like produce hormones. Cordyceps is really mm-hmm. kind of supporting of your jing or your supporting of your adrenals. And then the other one is what you just said is, it helps with kind of energy utilization and like both on, on how ATP production is made. So how energy is made in your cells. So everything in your body is made out of cells and every cell is like a factory of energy. Right. And that's why like, like a lot, a lot of people, I think also report such an energy boost of going plant-based is partly, I think because of that energy production just gets better and ATP and mm. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, and then energy utilization, like how, how good your body like moves oxygen in your lungs. And it's not that the cordyceps makes you um, a better athlete or have, gives you energy. It just helps your own body to get more oxygen. And oxygen is life. Like it's better than any cup of coffee, you know? Yeah. And it's not a jolt like a cup of coffee. It's just, I mean, my experience with it is that, I mean, it's a noticeable difference, but it's just a feeling of, of, of sustained uh, energy and this feeling that you can go a little bit longer and a little bit harder than you could otherwise yep. before you kind of cap out and run out of steam. 
And yeah. Chris and I, my my teammate uh, at Ertele, did I say it right? <laughs> Ertele. 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 Uh, we both, we both uh, had our four sigmatic cordyceps oh, in the morning before the race. Yeah. Yes. I want you to know that. Oh, I'm and, happy to uh, hear it that. It fueled us through the day. So thank yeah. you for that. Um, Any help is needed on that race. Uh, yeah. I could have used a little more help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was good. But anyway, yeah, and I've been using I've been using cordyceps for years, ever since Compton introduced me to it. And yeah. this was your first this was kind of your first product, was it? Yeah, not? it was it was cordyceps and then Rishi <coughs> and Rishi. Mm -hmm. Rishi is like also an adaptogen and um but that's more of like helping you relax and sleep better. Um so yeah, generally speaking, it's an easier sell to tell someone is like, yeah. hey, this will like give you energy and sport performance um is it your best seller today what which no, product it, it changes you know it's like sweden it's a different bestseller than it is in the u.s or it's a different mm -hmm. bestseller in australia than it is in in france but uh, um it's incredibly popular but lately the one that people have been loving which is funny because for the first we started 2012 so the first four years of this this mushroom was by far the least prop least popular and almost mm -hmm. we were like should we stop selling it because nobody was buying it but we loved it ourselves so we just kept going and in the last year or so it just blew up and it's called lion's mane mm -hmm. and Which it's is what we're having right yeah now. and it's not so tell me what that does and first of all it's not the mane of a lion it's not there <laughs> yeah. we it's, we actually get a customer service inquiries like is, is is are the lions free range <laughs> and it's oh, not no yeah i'm not kidding hello we're a mushroom company yeah and there's another mushroom called turkey tail and people are always like that is not a good thing for the turkeys you no, know i mean a, just to like for as a quick aside <laughs> uh the mushroom kingdom is fucking fascinating because these mushrooms come in so many crazy shapes and forms yeah. and julie is delivering her next cookbook tomorrow and so over the last you know six months like this kitchen has been a laboratory of her experimenting um, and trying to come up with plant-based italian dishes yep and just yesterday i told her to save it i don't know if i think it probably got eaten but she had uh she created this this dish out of the chicken mushroom chicken of the woods i think that's what it yeah. is and it only blooms like once a year mm -hmm. like it's very seasonal and she created this delicious dish with this sauce on it and you slice it like like chicken and yep. you chew it and it has that fibrous texture oh for sure and consistency of it was shocking you know how much it felt like eating chicken yeah even though it was a big giant mushroom yeah and also she does a lobster risotto with the yep. lobster mushroom which is orange and not only does it have the color palette of a lobster uh -huh. it has the taste and consistency of a lobster it's yep. just bizarre and it's not made in a lab it no. is as natural as Rose it comes in nature yeah yeah it's a it's a fascinating one isn't it and yeah. it's actually if you go to like for example when i lived in hong kong or you visit um, a buddhist temple somewhere and get this vegetarian meal it's, it's such a common like a meat substitute actually right. some of the including lion's mane as well and and but they are beautiful they're they're uh, like um they're almost like art they kind of look like yeah. it but there's a mental barrier that you kind of have to overcome because we just kind of grow up perceiving these things as like you know 
something to avoid, you yeah. know, with the opposed, you know, with the exception of the, the condiment, like mushrooms, like, uh, you know, like that's, uh, I, that doesn't taste good. Or you know mold. I mean? Like, I but yeah, it's like, cause yeah, you yeah. associate it with mold and something that's unhealthy. Yeah. Trust me. I've, yeah, this is your burden. <laughs> this is your marketing it's, burden. It's right? the two things. One is the concept of psychedelic mushrooms and the other one right. is the concept of like molds and bad mushrooms. And that's the conversation I'm having and kind of back to where we started. If something is a kingdom, it, it comes in many colors, many shapes, many flavors, many consistencies. Mm -hmm. So if you just think of the butter mushroom and say, I don't like the flavor, or I don't like the texture, um, that's, a, that's a fairly small limitation of what they can do. And for example, this lion's mane, it looks like almost like a cheerleader's pom-pom that grows on a, um, on a tree. And it is actually such a yummy meat substitute as well for a lot of people. So, um, Another cool way how you can get a heavy meat eater to get excited of something like an alternative. And um, I've never been like a big fan of like Satan or like mixes of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why especially like I've had this another love for mushrooms as well. You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well-being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation a groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most. Mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. So let's go through it. Uh, you know, the more popular uh, medicinal sort of adaptogenic yep. mushrooms that you kind of uh, are involved in are not just lion's mane, but we've got shaga, we've got reishi, we talked about cordyceps a little bit. I mean, those are kind of the main ones, right? Yeah, those like, are so them. Let's parse those. And, those like, are main ones. Do and like, why should we be including these in our diet? Yeah, so those are the most kind of researched and most differentiated. And if you're in the health circles, you might have heard of reishi. 
but if you're just tuning in and you is it rishi or reishi I, there's no either reishi. way okay. there's you, you can it's a japanese word and uh you can say either way and but if you're tuning in and you're like hey what are these like i've never heard of any of them they sound so exotic i just want to before we dive into what do they, all of those do, is just know that there are more familiar mushrooms that offer similar and equally good functional benefits, the shiitake, the maitake, the enoki, the oyster mushroom. So not all of them are exotic as cordyceps. Mm -hmm. But to just to kind of frame it, um, reishi or reishi um, is the queen of all mushrooms. So it's, pro it's the most studied of them for their health benefits. It's really like this motherly, calming, nurturing mushroom, especially good if you're highly stressed or if you need to improve your sleep quality. Um, but um, all of these top mushrooms help with your gut health, your gut biome. Um, Rishi is great for that. They help with usually blood sugar, you know, and just managing. Um, but yeah, gut health and immunity, they're, they're modulating your immune system. But Rishi particularly is this m nurturing, motherly, uh, calming mushroom and then there's pretty fascinating studies on how it could improve sleep quality so you can go into a deeper sleep and then cordyceps is even though neither of them are like sedative or stimulant it's like somewhat the opposite it's like it's like fire energy go 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 like get more out of your workout <clears throat> use for more of the lungs and the respiratory issues but also sports and performance and um, actually in the um, in, in, in my upcoming book, there's a, there's a recipe called cordyceps on the beach mm -hmm. because it was used as an aphrodisiac for a long time. So oh, as really? a kind of a playful, fun way of making a mocktail and, uh, um, using cordyceps as the, as the booster. But so that's like fire energy, go performance. One question I have about that is I use it not on a daily basis, but yep. kind of pick and choose like, okay, I have a really big workout on yep. Thursday, so I'll have it that morning, but I don't do it every day. So, the, but I don't know, like, is it okay to do it every day? Or do you develop like a, like a, in a not a immunity, but a tolerance to it? Like, yeah. is it something that is, should be for daily use or is it something that you should just use periodically so this is adaptogen this concept of these 10 to 20 of the most studied powerful herbs and fungi in the world that balance our body um so the word adaptogen comes from it being helpful to adapt you to stress mm -hmm. and difficult situation from exercise to just your normal daily life of being a mother or two and two children or whatever. Right. Um, and, it, and just sorry to interrupt, but yeah. like in an Ayurvedic sense, it kind of reads your body and understands what's out of balance and, Correct. and, and sort of naturally knows so how to address that. That's exactly the point. So in order to be an adaptogen or as the Ayurveda, they often like Rasayana or um, an emperor herb in China, or you have to be safe and non-habit forming. So if it causes you an addiction or if it's not safe daily, it cannot be an adaptogen. Second is what you just said is, is it, it restores balance. So it's not really healing you of anything. It just restores balance, whatever the homeostasis and balance it is mm -hmm. for your case. So the same thing for someone might be a lot of energy and for the other person, it might be a lot of calming depending where you are on the spectrum. And then third one is that it's non-specific. So it works the body like a symphony versus an individual instrument. Right. So, so those are things and um, so yeah, cordyceps is um, safe every day to answer your question. That being said, I all of these adaptogens, I think they're better if you if you 
play with them seasonally and rotate them mm -hmm. a little bit. That being said, the mushrooms have, and actually oats, in, but in much smaller capacity, have these one of the most studied compounds in the world called polysaccharides, these mini sugars. And uh, even if you're on a, on a ketogenic diet, they're, they're not gonna impact your blood sugar. But um, especially these beta-glucans are among the most studied compounds for human health. And those beta-glucans are kind of like the chlorophyll plants in a way, the same ways that you, you don't have to eat spinach every day. You don't have to eat kale every day, but it's probably in your best interest to have chlorophyll in some capacity on a daily basis and on a regular basis. The same way it's probably good to have beta-glucans and polysaccharides every day, but one day it can come from a shiitake, one day it can come from cordyceps, mm -hmm. and then one day it can come from goji berries or oats. But um, so it's safe every day, but you're probably doing it the right way by just kind of Very rotating them a little bit. I think that's an important point that has a macro application to how we live our lives and, and think about you know what we put in our bodies because we have a tendency as human beings to uh you know to want to just zero in on one thing and think yeah. that's the you know that is the that's the thing that's going to make the difference and those things tend to vacillate depending upon cultural trends so oh, for a so while true. it's kale you know and yeah. then it's this and then it's like that's the answer that's the thing and it's like it's not you know we as human beings and, and part of this greater ecosystem, we are as cyclical as the plants that grow out of the, the ground. And I yep. think we need to pay more attention to those circadian rhythms and modulate our, our behavior patterns and our eating habits accordingly. And I think that's a really important point. So even though I'm, you know, gallivanting around the world, talking and yelling about mushrooms and, and I'm trying to be like a PR firm for this kingdom, you're it's, doing a good job, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, at any point, I don't want somebody to think that mushrooms are better than another kingdom or that mushrooms are like the ultimate superfood. No, they're just that's, overlooked. That doesn't, that doesn't get clicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like in doing my research for today, it's like I look at the headlines of the press that you get. Yeah. And it's like, you know, mushroom coffee is the new kale. It's like, yeah. that's what gets people interested. Oh, you know? for sure. And, you know, there's a value to that. If yeah. you get, it's like a conversation opener. It's the same way as, like I said, like often on a daily basis, somebody comes to me and is like, ha, 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 are these psychedelic or are these magic yeah. mushrooms? Well, I've never heard that joke before. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that gets the conversation going, let's roll right. with it. It's not, it's not a bad thing, you know? Um, I'm sure you also don't want to be known as just this guy who does these ultra endurance feeds, it's, but it's, if that's a conversation starter to join right. you like in what a gets people holistic, interested and what else you have to say. Yeah. And like the whole, the lifestyle and just how, who are you as a father and, and as a, mm -hmm. as a, as a family man and, and, you know, holistic and just, you know, spirituality and all that other stuff that you have to offer. But that might be the conversation starter is like, right. How many Ironmans <laughs> or, you know, it's like, it's like, um, so the same with that is, is mushrooms is, is a kind of conversation starter. You know, I don't mind those headlines, but as long as you kind of very quickly move the conversation to uh, what they actually are, is that they're a kingdom that is part of the planet. The planet doesn't survive without them. We probably will benefit the, using them for our health and wellness. 
um, doesn't mean that all mushrooms are good and it doesn't mean that mushrooms are better than good bacteria or good plants they're just part of a holistic smart lifestyle they're just very overlooked mm-hmm. and there's like these immediate benefits and immediate clear things that you can get by just incorporating a little bit of them to your diet um, so that's probably going to help you um, live a, a life that you more want to live you know a healthier life more fulfilled life um, but yeah, I do not want to say is that they're better. And actually, even nutrition, sometimes I feel like it's like people put almost too much emphasis on nutrition. I think it's just like that's the white belt mm-hmm. of life, though it's hard to build anything else if that foundation is not on point. But then you have movement and you have air quality and even water quality. And then you have your personal relationships and love and fulfillment and purpose that are all like it's the the mental thing is the final frontier that's like the black belt but it's hard to get the black belt if you haven't done the white belt stuff right and uh yeah it's uh it kind of relates to my original point about humans being reductive you know so i see you know because i i go to these veg fests and and you know i go to place where you know i speak at places where like food is the subject right And, and that's great. And like you said, that is foundational and that is a portal to everything else that, that, that can come with that. Like you renew your vitality. Now the question or the conversation needs to turn to how are you going to channel that vitality to serve others and continue to grow for yourself and in, in the other facets of your life. But I see a lot of people get stuck because, you know, whether it's mushrooms or kale or whatever it is, like that's the answer. And, and, and they kind of live there. And it's like, no, this, this has to continue further if you want to be fully expressed. Yeah. I, I love to give in this anecdote because I learned it from my mom when I was, I think, like five or six. And my mom was saying this rule of three is that you can be three weeks without eating any food. You can be three days without drinking water. And you can barely be three minutes without breathing. So that's why breath is more important than water. But water is more important than food. But then you could always go well, one step. When I was an adult, I thought I cannot even be three minutes, three seconds without thinking. So when I try to meditate, I'm like constantly uh-huh. like catching myself. It's like okay, empty your mind, you know. So or I, how I, long could you go without movement? Yeah, exactly. Like it's or hard without, to stay still. You know, connecting to something greater than yourself for sure. And um, I just like that as like kind of like was a one way to look at how. They're all important, but like some of them might have, like it's a it's a ladder that you're trying to like that actual self actualization. So. It is a massive mycelium <laughs> underneath the ground, right? Connecting everything in this yeah. ecosystem. We're all connected, man. Uh, we actually are. Yeah. It's kind of is there it's any kind of crazy psychedelics in this lion's mane that I'm drinking right now? No, not not yet. But <laughs> I still I like to, I like to say that they're magical in their own way, uh-huh. but they're uh, not hallogenic. Just kind of a, the final note on that is I I have a really good friend. Uh, his name is Andrew, and uh, when I first met him, he was your average New York City, just like going to work type of a guy, and you know partly with mushrooms and partly actually going hearing your podcast and going plant-based like you're one of his biggest heroes maybe mm-hmm. after david goggins is maybe his favorite yeah. okay. <laughs> so, i'll give him that and uh mine too but it's funny how he always talks about it like how those small changes of like going plant-based for a week or having a mushroom coffee that then trickles into everything in life and that goes through relationships and how he just looks at everything in life 
And even though like eating plant-based or drinking mushrooms is a good thing that he still does, he found like that just to take to another conversation that was beyond food and beyond even movement. And it was, it was like where he found more fulfillment as well. Right. Cause he, he approached it as a portal or even if you don't know that when you begin he, he did, to like you yeah. know, change these practices, it starts to open you up in different ways that it's like, I didn't, this was not my intention to go yeah. down this road, but here's where I find myself now. Yeah, totally. Which is cool. All right. Uh, Chaga. Yeah. So Chaga is the, if Rishi is the queen, Chaga is the king. And it is a fascinating mushroom that grows in the birch tree. And I kind of said it's, it's in, you know, Finland and Sweden. It's one of our holy things. It, you know, um, it was used as a coffee substitute, for example. Um, so one of the ideas why we created this mushroom coffee that has become incredibly popular in the last year or so, um, was the idea of the Finnish people drink more coffee than any other nation in the world. I think something like around three times what the Americans drink. And it, but it's a different, slightly different culture. I don't know if you noticed in Sweden, but they do this thing called fika, F-I-K-A. And, I, no, what is and that? It's, it's like, it's actually social, it's connecting with another person. So you go and have a cup of coffee and some people have a cinnamon bun or whatever they do. But the other important part is also to discutera, which is like you just have and connect with another human being. And it's almost like our siesta is like our break in the day mm. when you have this conversation. That's beautiful. And, but um, the coffee has been drank and during second world war, we were attacked both by the Germans and the Russians and we didn't get coffee beans. So people started brewing this chaga. And after the war, they started like researching it in the university of Helsinki. And they're like, oh my God, there's so many health benefits to this mushroom that has been part of our ecosystem. And, and, uh, you know, I think there's I think there's 46 drugs derived from chaga, isolated mm. from this betalin, betalinic acid found in chaga, and a full brew cup of this wild chaga equals to like 30 pounds of carrots and antioxidants. So it's quite this wellness mushroom that is like good when you travel or if you're like um, catching a cold or anything like that. It's like it's or recovering from a workout. Yeah. And that's also a thing I had to learn is, is the recovery part is almost important because exercise, even though it's good stress, it's still stress. And, uh, and that, and before you can catch the next workout, you have to recover if you, or especially if you want to get a good quality workout. And so Chaga is definitely like awesome for that. And it's actually really easy to catch a flu or a cold after a workout because mm -hmm. the immune system is, you know, suppressed. Yeah, it's tired. Yeah, for sure. And people don't, pay enough attention to that recovery process thinking that the workout is what's making them better but it's the workout is what is what triggers the physiological response yeah. that makes you better and stronger and faster and you have to attend to that recovery process with the same intentionality that you approach the workout itself to overlook that is to is is to really you know uh, hamstring it actually uh, makes process. you temporarily weaker like yeah. an exercise. It breaks it, you down yeah, so I, that you can build up and be yeah, stronger, correct, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so yeah. So I'm always looking for, uh, an advantage to expedite the recovery process, whether it's through, you know, food or, or behavior. Um, so that's good to know. So we have Shaga for post-workout. We have cordyceps for, cordyceps for performance during workout. We have Reishi for calming yourself at night. Yeah. But again, like it's, that's my reductive brain yeah. saying this is what these are for. And they yeah. have more adaptogenic, you know, broader implications. They can't be 
categorized so simplistically, right? No, absolutely not. And that's that's actually a, a thing I struggle with, you know, making products and, you know, talking is like, if somebody who doesn't know, if you make it too complicated. You're like, it does this, it does this. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, uh, well, I don't, like what? I heard of that too. And I was like, what's the difference between Chaga and, and, and Rishi? Like, it took me forever to like, remember because they yeah. have so many different qualities to them and that's you know talk to their beauty but that's also makes it pretty hard to explain to another person so actually in one of our boxes it says easy to use hard to explain <laughs> like we we don't even try to explain uh -huh. it it's like it is there mm -hmm. it's mushrooms but um yeah so those are one and then the one we're having the lion's mane is is great for brain um it, can, it has these couple compounds that can penetrate the blood-brain barrier and help rejuvenate your nerve growth factors. And and um, before we started, we briefly talked about your recovery from Sweden. And I always found that if you do a tough raise and you push yourself to the limit, the recovery of the nervous system was always much, much harder than the recovery of the actual muscles or mm -hmm. the lungs. And uh, even at some track, if you run track or something, you sometimes get yourself in really bad shape. Yeah. And I think it's the nervous system. and. So Lion's Mane is great for that. I use it when I have to study or write or focus. That's when I kind of use it. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so, and so what are some of the others? I know in the book you go through, I think you go through 10. Yeah, 10. I think the ones that people should like be on the lookout for is probably shiitake because it's so commonly available and there's like amazing ways. Like in the book, I show how people to make shiitake bacon and just using a little bit like maple syrup and you know, a little bit of oil and spices mm -hmm. and you put it in the oven, you can make this crispy thing. And actually with mushrooms, applying heat and lipids actually makes them more bioavailable and better. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a food that even if you would otherwise prefer eating raw or whatever, it's actually better to cook those or apply heat and lipids to them. So that's interesting. That's like the opposite of a lot of other plant foods. Yeah. Cause it's not a plant. That's the point right. it's, it has this chitin structure, the cell structure that we can really process um, those are, by the way, great prebiotics. So they really help the good bacteria. Bacteria and fungi has always had this synergistic relationship. And one of my beliefs is, which is just my belief, and this could be never happen, is is there will be a new kingdom discovered in my lifetime. Um, and it's something about the symbiotic relationship, this barrier. Like a kombucha is, the scoby is, you know, the symbiotic relationship of bacteria, yeast, and yeast is technically like a fungi as well. Um, and this world of bacteria and fungi when they mm -hmm. live when together. They yeah, and I think, I don't know, this is my thought that in my lifetime there will be a new kingdom discovered that we don't yet know about. That's interesting. Yeah. I never really thought about that, but there's something there for sure, I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, so shiitake is a good one. You can find it almost everywhere. Um, enoki. Um, in the book, I do enoki fries. Mm -hmm. So you, um, if you want comfort food and you want that like crunchy or a little creasy thing, you can always know that, okay, you're craving for it. How can you upgrade it? You know, either doing like sweet potato chips or, you know, doing a enoki fries. It's like a way of like serving that craving, but in a, like a mindful way. Right. And so that enoki is up pretty easy to find. And then my taki also known as hen of the woods. Is, is a thing. Actually, the taki, enoki taki, shiitake, maitake, it's Japanese, and take means, otaki in, in more in an English way, means mushroom in Japanese. So mm -hmm. a lot of this, 
knowledge is is based from like Russia and um, Japan. And then in the TCM, the traditional Chinese medicine, they obviously really locked it in is like, how do these like key mushrooms like cordyceps and reishi affect our body? So they've like institutionalized it. Yeah. And, you know, they obviously, because of that, they get a lot of attention in the herbal world, you know, traditional Chinese Mm -hmm. medicine. I think the real frontier is in somewhere in Amazon, but they never wrote it down. So, (laughs) so the Chinese did a good job by documenting it. So that whole world there remains to be discovered in large part right i mean at at, in general like we've discovered like a fraction of all the estimated of one point they so they estimate there's 1.5 million different types of fungi in the world so and that's based on that if that's true which nobody knows but if that is true that means that there's six times more different types of fungi in the world than there is plants Right, that's so crazy. So just to, and there's so many plants, you know, just right. to give you the diversity. And uh, and I think the ocean, both for plant life, but also for fungi is is this 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 uncharted territory that we'll find a lot of knowledge. And I mentioned the mushroom that can eat plastic that was discovered in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of stuff that we'll, we'll be learning. So that's how I feel like I'm still like on first grade with learning everything yeah. from mushrooms. I'm just like, scratching the surface after all these years. One of the things you said at the outset of this conversation was that at a very early age, you knew that you weren't interested in creating a business that caters to the 1%, right? And and right now we're in West Los Angeles. (laughs) You know, we're, we're in the, we're at the epicenter of kind of, you know, wellness elitism it's ground zero for sure you know what i mean yeah yeah and and it's fun to like talk about exotic superfoods and and you know uh artisanal kombucha and all this kind of bullshit right um but where does that fall in the context of just the average person who's trying to do a little bit better and live a little bit better and i think that that these barriers have been erected that have led those types of people to think that this lifestyle is inaccessible or, or, or perhaps they're even alienated by it because of the vernacular that surrounds it and the price tags that attach to it. Oh, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about like how you think about wellness and how you, um, conceptualized for Sigmatic and how you, you run it because it is, you have created, uh, you know, you have democratized the mushroom in a, in a very large way because you haven't positioned or marketed your company to be this elitist thing. Like they come in these individual packets. It's, it's affordable stuff. It's not like, you know, crazy price tags. And you're, I can tell in your messaging and the way you conduct yourself and we've known each other for years that you really do want to be able to just share this message with, with everybody and change their perspective on how these things can improve people's lives. Yeah. I don't know how is, is this relatable, but my brain sometimes works in like graphs and, and things I look at visually. And, and I had this six E's that I, before the company was started, I was looking like, how can you make lasting, like actual lasting wide change in people's health and well-being? And I came with these six E's. And uh, what we're doing now is we're focused on the education part of it, right? But that like that will get you to a certain point, but that will like not cater you to the end because, like you said, it has to be economical, it needs to be easy to use, 
it needs to be easy to purchase, you know? It needs to be effective. Like that's actually a huge one, that mm -hmm. effective, like you feel it, you benefit from it. So my, my point being is you gotta work on all of them. And I mean, we have still a lot to go, but I feel like to touch a few things you said is I feel really happy of all the years of not being able to pay first couple of years, any salary, right. like zero. And to be in a point that last year, the mushroom coffee has become on Amazon, the number one instant coffee and the number one coffee substitute. And the, the hot cocoa, the Rishi hot cocoa has become like number two or number three hot cocoa passing Swiss Miss and Nestle. That's crazy. And really? Starbucks wow. via, we, uh, and just on Amazon. Uh -huh. So it's still like, yeah. but it's, a, it's still like a place where middle America yeah, buys. Yeah, that's a mainstream audience of people. Yeah, it's, it's not. Um, Was there a tipping point? Did something happen? Like where, how did, you know, cause you know, I remember the early days, right? Yeah. And you were just, you know, we'd be at the Food Products Expo <laughs> West, you know, whatever it is. Like, and in our world, like everybody was using your stuff and oh, yeah. you were, but like, it was clear, like there, you know, like how are you gonna get this message to connect with the average person? I mean, it's that classic uh, one night wonder that has been 10 years in the making yeah, yeah. type of stuff. Uh -huh. um, so it's a lot of stuff coming together and a lot of people and a lot of work. But to touch upon that is, is like one thing was just getting the pr the product price to like a dollar fifty a dollar a serving. It's still not like the world's cheapest coffee or hot cocoa, but it's like in a point where okay, if I live in Arkansas or I'm like I'm making you know forty grand a year and I'm like you know whatever the average thirty seven thousand dollars is like a, a mm -hmm. like a basic workers yeah. Yeah, yeah and you know, they still go to Starbucks or they go to a cafe and they, you know, that dollar for them, if they really love coffee or, or whatever, it's it's somewhat obtainable. So that was one. And, and there was obviously a lot of, um, you know, education to go with it and making it easy to use. But I think one thing that was on our side, which I can't take any credit for, is that why I think kale became popular back in the day when it did, or I guess coconut water to a certain extent, is like for an average consumer outside of West LA, it's like easy to imagine a lettuce that is like a super lettuce. Mm -hmm. And kale is like, you might've even seen kale. It's like, yeah, I've seen it in the restaurants. Um, instead of a exotic super berry that even then, you know, and so for someone, cause shiitake or like lion's mane or turkey tail or um, chaga, they all grow in the US. So these are all things that are in different parts of this country. And I think generally people have seen the mushroom and they might not know what are the health benefits or which mushroom is better than the other or how do we mm -hmm. prepare it. So they didn't have like the, the toolbox, but they've seen the image, you know, they've seen it that like, okay, this is, I'm familiar with it. So it's, it's, I feel like that helped us that it's not, it's a little bit less of a stretch because they can like visualize it versus right. the goji berry, which I love but it's like a harder stretch. It's like, well, how, well, how's that even look like, you know? Right, like what is a Moringa? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's Where it's, does that grow in some part of the world I'll never visit, you know? Correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it, I, th I think that really helped us out as well as like people could visualize it before they felt the benefits. And, uh, uh, but I think at end of the day comes the fact that the product needs to work you know, and it needs to be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And then the education you and ease get the of taste use. Right. Correct. That must and, have been a process. Oh, they taste gnarly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Is <laughs> they, to the point is like a lot of the healthiest things 
that you can use in the herbal and fungi world, they the taste pretty strong. And I guess your friend in the lab was focused on the efficacies and building those, but um, it's it's not an easy jo job to kind of break down those bitter flavors into yeah. a model. That's why coffee and cocoa have been popular because those are the two bitters that most people enjoy. Like people who don't eat bitters and don't like dandelion you know, drops mm -hmm. or whatever, they might still have a black coffee or a, right. a dark chocolate. So I feel like that was, that really helped us as well as on the flavor side. Let's talk about, uh, the, the sourcing of this stuff, uh, you know, to the extent that we have an awareness that, that mushrooms grow and exist. I know that, um, you forage, you, you forage for some of these and then other ones are, are grown in farms and like, yep. how does that work? So, and, and, and you know, why is that important and what's important about it? Sure. So, um, with anything you got to look at, not just like, oh, coconut water, you know, it's like, you got to look at multiple things like the genus, like there's multiple different types of cordyceps. There's mm -hmm. multiple different types of reishi. So what is the type of what you're using? Then you got to use which part is it? You know, is it the fruiting body? Is it the mycelium? But also like in like, let's say ashwakanda, tulsi or ginseng or are using or even nettle are using the leaf or using the root and those those are two different things and then where have they grown but also like how are they processed so the process thing is a big part of it especially with mushrooms because they're most of them are not bioavailable raw like i said it's like this chitin so in you have to cook them almost like multiple hours called a decoction so if you make a tea you steep it it's called an infusion it's like you know, three to five minutes. Coffee as well is like, it's a brew, but it's like an infusion. Mm -hmm. But these ones you have to like cook, like it's called a decoction, use a slow cooker or something like you really like have to give it a lot of heat. And like I said, lipids or alcohol, those tincture bottles that you see in some stores, that's another way of getting the adaptogenic properties out. But to answer your question, even though these grow in, in North America, unfortunately there is really no collecting network of like, average Americans mm -hmm. going into the woods, picking these out right. yet. And you know, who knows, maybe in 10 years that will happen. So most, most North American mushroom products are grown in laboratories in, in grains. So they're usually grown in rice or something, mm -hmm. uh, but they're native to trees. So uh, I think uh, one way to make the mushrooms even greater is like, is you grow it in a log. So you take decaying trees where they normally grow. So these mushrooms love growing in dying trees or dead trees, and they just like compost that. And uh, you take that and you put the mushroom spores kind of into the log, and then you grow it in a greenhouse. Mm. And some of them really, it's hard to grow or impossible to grow. So you forage for them like turkey tail and chaga, but those are, those are widely, like we get our uh, chaga from Siberia and from this forest called taiga, T-A, IGA and mm -hmm. that forest is completely like the size of the United States. So it's wow. not like a small place. And it's crazy. You would think, well, you know, what could you possibly forage from Siberia? Right. A lot. That's, ama I, that's amazing. So it's actually funny, but like some of the best things we can ever eat come from one of the extremes, either from an area where nothing grows, they're extremophiles or pioneers, anything from an olive, to a birch tree is a pioneer or maca in the high Andes or uh, these rhodiola and eulothero, the Siberian ginseng that grows in like really harsh climates. And when nothing else grows, they find a way to survive. Uh -huh. And the survival mechanism ha is, is that energy 
those nutrients that we need, those saponins and terpenes and all these difficult words. And then the other one is the most lush, biodiverse thing where there's no banana plantation, but next to the banana, there's a mango and there's a tobacco and there's a cacao and there's a, you go to Kauai, Hawaii, or I don't know, mm -hmm. like you go to the jungle in Costa Rica and, and there's 1500 different types of bird shitting on and making the soil more nutrient dense. But tends to be one of the extremes. It's like in, incredibly biodiverse, lush environment, or the extremely rough where only these few things survive, where there's high nutrient density. So right, very cool. Um, <clears throat> and then let's talk about let's talk about the processing. I mean, one of the things that that you guys do that is, I guess, relatively unique in your in your business in your world is this dual dual extraction yeah. process. So explain what that is and like why that's important. Well, the worst anecdote of the day is that it's like shampoo and conditioner together. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but basically, if you've like used these mushroom products before, you've usually had to buy two products. You've bought this hot water extracted, usually in capsules or powders, and they have high amounts of these water-soluble compounds, these polysaccharides and beta-glucans that we talked about. Mm -hmm. And then you went separately and bought this tincture bottle that uses alcohol to extract these like more adaptogenic properties out and we just combine those so you get the kind of two-in-one you get the, the polysaccharides and you get the more adaptogenic properties that's like overly simplistically but if you're at home and you're like i really didn't understand anything this guy just said like what are they talking about if you're at home and you go to a grocery store and buy a shiitake and just like using it in a soup or sauteing it with coconut oil or whatever, just knowing that if you apply heat and usually fats uh, is the way to like unlock their healing powers even further. And, and I would also argue that tastes drastically better when you like mushrooms, when you cook them or mm -hmm. saute them and they just like get crispier and the mouthfeel gets better. And there's a lot of stuff that happens there that from a flavor and health benefit is really uh, makes them like amazing so beyond the 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 taste what you're really saying is that it this process allows the nutrients to become bioavailable for you Correct. right like if you just if you don't do that and you eat it it's going through your system but your body's not able to absorb or yeah. utilize the the full benefit of what Correct. This so, so the cell structure of them is something you can really absorb in that way and you have to unlock them and this is partly in the plant kingdom as well. There's certain things you have to ferment mm -hmm. to really get them out or cook them or somehow like um, to make your body more ready for it. So you have to make them bioavailable. Otherwise, they really are just fiber in your gut, you know, and they pass through your right. body and you really don't get the, the bang for the buck, so to say. I think that raises a, a much larger issue about the whole you know, superfood and supplement industry at large, you know, you go to Air One, you go to Whole Foods, you go to any, any place where you can buy these types of products, these, mm -hmm. you know, the acai and the moringa and the, you know, whatever. Bul Bulgarian what, rose water, all, yeah, like $60 a bottle. crazy, <laughs> like super expensive superfood stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have no idea how this stuff is harvested, where it was grown, how it was dried, how it was, you know, processed and packaged and shipped. We don't know the time frame. We don't yeah. know any. We don't know anything about it. So we're like, oh, moringa. You know, you just buy that. And you buy know, my label. conversations with Darren, he's like, I'm telling you, you know, 99% of these products, 
you, you, you'll get them and you'll use them. And it's either the nutrients either are not bioavailable or yeah. they've been destroyed as a result of the way these, these products were grown, harvested, you know, yeah. dried, whatever it is that goes into getting them to the store. Everybody needs a friend like Darren who is like yeah. obsessed. So I know well, he's but I guess so with, obsessed. <laughs> but with internet, it is like these people are available. And, but but you it gotta is gotta educate yourself. You can't but, just go to the store and pull it off the shelf because it has a pretty package on it. Yeah. It's telling you, you but know. it's a lot of work. I can also relate. Like if look, if you're um, if you're like a single mom or you're working 60, 70 hours a week, like I don't want, yeah. Like, who, how that? can you know? Like, and it's pretty hard. And, um, you know, we made this for ourselves. It's like, we, we don't really have a connection with our food as much anymore. And, and, but it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, yeah. I, I mean, I'm in the industry and I do it all day long. And I, I'm still like puzzled by like, is this good? I'm like, how is it made? Like, Which I part? I spent yeah. 20 bucks on this thing. And like, I don't know. Like, I think it's supposed to be, but yeah. Know. And though there is, a system that is not bulletproof, but I think is is better than most people think, and it's just your instinct. I think there is something to be said about listening to your body. Once you consume it, how you feel. When you taste it, how does it feel like? And if you just tune into it within from all this external noise and within, and you consume something, um, you kind of feel it. Mm -hmm. And I think same goes for movement and relationships. Is like if you just like trust your gut and you often kind of have a pretty good clue i mean it's not 100 percent, but you have i think you're more accurate than you think or we let ourselves think is is if you just listen to your body and and kind of tune in and kind of meditate on it and you often i feel like no if it's if it's working for you particularly because something might be great for someone else but not might be you as well so yeah i think that's right i think i, I think as prefatory to that though you have to you have to be uh, on that path of, of being committed to connecting with yourself though. Cause we live in a disconnected world and, and most people are disconnected and I think their instincts are leading them astray because of that disconnection. But I would love, I don't know who would do this, but there would be like a community or a challenge or a play where 30 days, every day you go to a grocery store, you learn the source and the history and the myth and the, the details of one plant, like 30 days, 30 plants. And really look, and it can be obvious. That like would a, be great. Like Somebody should do that. Like a potato. Like a lot of people, like in, in Finland, people think it's the most finished thing to eat ever. Potato. It's like, oh, potato. It's like a normal. And like a lot of people think it's like a local food because it does grow in Finland. But, you know, just the story of how it is from Peru and like how there's different colors and shapes and sizes. And where's the potato I'm buying? Like, where is it from? And how was it grown? And, and like just doing, you know, 30 days of that or and finding out and, and just one a day just mm -hmm. one time and you just go and google like it's not it doesn't you don't need it you don't need to go to the store with darren even though that would be yeah. great i want to go to the store with darren <laughs> and just uh, you'll but, never leave though you'll be there yeah. like all day yeah every product will like inspire him to go on a yeah. monologue uh, i'll take it but i mean just like google a little bit and 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 ask the store staff or a farmer's market always would be like yeah. ideal scenario and just like, where is this from? You know, what is the country? What is the area? Which part? You know, and just looking at it, like looking at the lettuce. Like, yeah. oh, the guy at Ralph's is probably not going to be able to tell you. Probably not. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's why Google is so amazing, isn't it? Like yeah. you can get a lot of a lot of information. But yeah. So what are you? I know you got the book coming out soon. That's exciting. Um, 
Healing Mushrooms coming out October 10th, right? Yeah. October 10th. Um, but with respect to For Sigmatic, like what are you guys working on or what's coming up next or what are you excited about? Yeah, it's actually, it's that's, that's been a tough question for me is like coming from Finland, I feel like, and maybe this is just LA and New York, but I feel like everybody's always crushing it and killing it. Yeah. And, and like, and they're always, they seem to be so assertive and know what to do. You know, they're like, oh, do this. And then, well, you know. I don't it. think they do. They're just, um, they're, most people are fronting. But probably not. And I usually like, when people ask me this, like they want some elaborate, like, oh, Four Sigmatic will be the new Starbucks or like whatever answer that is big enough and ambitious enough to make them excited. But I usually reply that, uh, with this anecdote of push-ups. If you're with a trainer and you say, the trainer says 10 push-ups. They rarely say nine or 11, right? Mm -hmm. They're like 10 or 12 or 15 or 20. But you know, what if you can only do four and then your form sucks? Like, and then you hurt yourself, you push yourself. And sometimes you have to push yourself, but you also don't want to push yourself with hurting yourself or your back or something. But what if you do 10, but your potential was 50? This is, I think this is probably everything David Goggins mm -hmm. talks about, right? Is like. When you can, you're like halfway, right? right. And uh, what if you're limiting the greatest potential you have with this number of 10, right? And to me, like building a business or a life in general is kind of like that push-up and the form, you should do as many as you can with the form without thinking of this number. And the form to me is like growing as a human being and then also having fun. So like, what is my form? And it's hard to live in uncertainty, but that's, it's kind of where it is. Like you have to go day by day, month by month, year by year and see where it goes. And, and, and that's how I look at as also building for Sigmatic is seeing how things go, but it's difficult. I, for me, it's as well difficult to live in uncertainty. It would be easier to say yeah. is like in five years, we will be here, you right. know, and it would be clear. And I, I see the power of goal setting. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge believer. I feel like every time I write something, it does usually happens. Um, it's incredibly powerful, but at the same time, like I think the true happiness comes if you can just like concentrate on the form and that's just that one push up at a time, one mile at a time, kind of like an ultra is like, if you, st if you run the first five and you're like, you know, and you know, another 50 to go, you're like, oh my God, like. You just have to be in the moment of what you're yeah. doing and, and, and try to inject as much awareness and consciousness and presence into that. I mean, that's what I'm hearing you saying. It's like, yeah, you want to stretch and you want to expand and grow and do all these things, but like, let's take a beat. Like, where are we at with this emotionally, mentally, and yep. spiritually? Like, what's the next best thing for us to do rather than just, you know, cheerlead ourselves to some destination because we feel like that's what we're supposed to do as entrepreneurs. And look, like there is problems that I don't have answers to right now that a company has when they grow and mm -hmm. like they develop, but rather than asking like, how can we be Starbucks or how can we sell in X years or how can we IP all this company or whatever the classic startup things are that people say in this situation, it's also like, how can we grow? Like not revenues, but like, how can we grow? How can we make better products? How can we improve our community? And how can we improve our messaging? And impact the people that, Correct. that are your customers. And then like, how can we have more fun? Like for us as well. Because like, you're the fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Touche, touche, yeah. No, I like it. I mean, I've watched, you know, from arm's length, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen your journey. I mean, you, it's yeah, like, the first time we met, it was, I think we, we had like four products. Well, you started, 
you started in 2012? Yeah. And, and then you rebranded, like you kind of tweaked the name. Yeah. Was that in 2015 or something? Yeah. And, uh, but we met before that. I yeah. feel like, was it Canada 2013? I think that's right. Yeah. But we already knew like, and Travis, and there was like a bunch of mutual mm-hmm. friends, but I feel like that dinner, we sat down next to each other and, or that event in, in uh, Ontario, right. I think that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. That was cool. I remember that well. Yeah, yeah. long way to go. I think we made so many you've, mistakes. You've made a, yeah, but you've made huge <laughs> progress. Like there is, there is mainstream awareness of your company, which is like, that's no small feat. But I think you've grown kind of in lockstep. Like you've, you, you're not trying to expand too quickly. Like I th- I've seen you make like smart moves and I've seen patience. And I see you guys giving back, like you donate a portion of proceeds, don't you? To- yeah, we have this contribution program. Um, we especially work with this organization, Boarding for Breast Cancer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're like deeply committed. And by the way, if ever, anybody there's listening and they have an idea, an organization that is particularly focused on cancer, on research or something like that, we're really looking at other people who could partner up and maybe support them in the research of cancer or just like we do with Porting for Breast Cancer, sponsoring them and their survivors. It's a nonprofit. Why did you select that area? Um, it's like most of the team that we have, we have a lot of cancer and in the family. So it's like deeply mm-hmm. personal. It's also like the second leading cause of death, um, like right second, close second to cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big thing. Um, I went to actually run a marathon in, in Southern France and I was, I was talking the night before with this uh, guy who came to there for a, a cancer, like a conference symposium or whatever they call it. Like he's a, some sort of a super cancer expert. And he was saying is like, is like not only the current research kind of indicates that roughly one in two will have cancer, but every person will have cancer at some point of their life. They just like their immune system might be stronger than with the every right, second person. Right, we're all person. developing cancer cells. Correct. And, and they and come and go. And our immune system is responding yeah, to correct. it. And, and he was saying is like, that's the, that's one of the biggest myths in his field, which I'm no expert in, so I'm not even going to pretend. But what he was saying is like, look, like, everybody will have cancer multiple times and they just come and go and and your body will like if your immune system is strong enough it will be able to fight it and it's actually just like body's own ability also to balance this body this homeostasis mm-hmm. and and it happens so that was a deeply personal thing and and there's some promising research on mushrooms and cancer again not a thing where i'm no expert in and i think probably more research is coming but we, you know, collaborate with a bunch of amazing doctors. And if, if you're uh, familiar with it, there is, you know, you, in shiitake, maitake, turkey tail, there's all these amazing, like, and turkey tail, these polysaccharide crestin and peptide and their promise, how they've been used in Japan. And there's all this amazing stuff, a promise, you know, whatever the end result might be, uh, there's like um, hope, I would say. And so that's that's why we're kind of excited in it. So if, if you can just contact me through uh our company website and our team will get get back to send it to me so if you know somebody who's doing research or has an organization in that field we would love to collaborate with some somebody uh, some other organizations besides just supporting for breast cancer yeah beautiful man um all right well before we close this down i think (laughs) a good way to to kind of end it would be to leave people with a few ideas about how they can embark upon their uh 
their their new relationship with the world of mycelium 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 so mycelium is a part of fungi right but i i mean i'm kind of just mean fungi in general you know what i mean like yeah okay it's like okay this mushroom thing all right i'm ready to like learn more obviously you know tarot's book healing mushrooms comes out october 10th and uh it he basically it's you did a great job, man. This oh, is thanks. going to help a lot of people. Like, and not only is it your story, but you kind of walk people through, you know, step-by-step step how to understand this and the health implications and benefits here. So um, I think it's going to help a lot of people. So it's great. So check that out. But like, yeah. if you're like, okay, like, what do I do? Like, go to the grocery store. Obviously, you know, you have your products, but how can people, you know, better sort of bring these things into their life? Well, and, I think this is already way. a great starting point. So if you've listen to this whole thing you're already yeah, well on your way yeah. you already know more than 98 percent of the population on this so um our company also offers so the book is out and that's obviously like kind of the world's first kind of cookbook on these things and really kind of what we talked about back in the day is like when you wrote your book it was your story and like why you are doing what you're doing but then the question is like how so in this book i have like 50 unique recipes mm-hmm. on how to really utilize where to buy them if you're interested in foraging part particularly, I recommend contacting like your local my you know um mycologist association and almost every big city will have one and just like getting to know people already doing it versus going by yourself and just you know finding a some mycology association. Yeah. Really? Like every city has one of those? Yeah, then they're actually you would be surprised pretty yeah. much. Like what there's kinda, a what th- kind of dude shows up at that? <laughs> <laughs> Also women, uh-huh. there's women. Actually, yeah, mushrooms are originally more forged by women. So it's mm-hmm. this like, I don't know. It's be, like people are into that world. Like yeah. yeah, and women, and that's one of the reasons why it's a theory, why mushrooms went, went out of style in Anglo-Saxon cultures was this witch hunt. So women were responsible for the knowledge and the healing powers of fungi. And they would go around and distribute their healing powers. And maybe, or maybe not, there was some psychedelic mushrooms involved. Right. But and Hence then the witchcraft. And then the oh, witchcraft yeah. came and they got labeled as witches and it became a thing because it was associated with their behaviors. Like that's one of the theories why they assume where in other cultures like Slavic cultures or uh, Asia, they're incredibly popular and normal part of your daily life. You go to Russia or you go to you know, even Southern Germany, like people love mushrooms. But then why in these Anglo-Saxon cultures, it was almost like demonized. And one of the theories is this relationship with women and mushrooms, which is very strong. That's interesting. That's a whole book unto itself that I think would be really <laughs> yeah, interesting. I'm probably not the right person to like, tell the story yeah, yeah, of women and a, mushrooms. That's a, that's a wild story though. I, I yeah. And and to that point is like, there's, there's your local experts who can help you out if you're interested in foraging. And obviously the book will hopefully answer a lot of the questions. And then when you go to your grocery store, you should pretty much every grocery store in America, including Ralph's, will carry the the she talkies of the mm-hmm. world and and i would just say is like instead of getting the butter mushroom the portobello mushroom try to look for shiitake enoki oyster mushroom and if another cool thing is i would have to give a shout out no way affiliated with them but back to the roots is this startup that makes mushroom growing kits called mushroom farms and basically you can grow these oyster mushrooms that are incredibly nutritious and also a great way of like taste like this meaty structure mm-hmm. and those ones you can grow in coffee grinds like use coffee grinds wow. and you can grow it at home and it's a, an amazing way also if you have kids what an amazing gift you can give to your kids is like growing 
mushrooms at home, and this can be done in a condo in New York City. So this doesn't require you need to be in a farm. It comes in a little box, and just an amazing thing they've created. And and you know, just teaching your uh, children and also teaching yourself is like, how do you grow different kinds of foods? And this fungi is one of the things. And oyster is probably one of the easiest to grow. So check that out as well if that resonated at all. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'll put a link up to that yeah. in the show notes. Um, and also, you know, the Four Sigmatic website has, you have lots of cool blog posts there that kind of yeah. go into detail about this stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, hopefully make it entertaining as well. And we try to share recipes and whatnot on social and, you mm-hmm. know, um, same as you and Julia are doing is just like trying to also answer how and when and instead of just the why, which is, the why is really the starting point, but very soon you ask like how and and when and where and all and that you stuff. You go on your journey with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And so you too can become a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have this uh, Mushroom Academy as well. It's like a free e-learning course on mushrooms. So if you really want to kick out, there's three levels, three courses, it's 100% free and you can study more about that. But cool. um, yeah, that's a good starting awesome, point. Man. And if you're in Venice, can people come by the shroom room? Yeah, so uh, funny story, the most kind of random story. And actually, Clink with our mutual friend Travis. And through Travis, before we moved to LA, Travis was like the first person I really met. And through Travis, I met Teeny. Teeny. Teeny has handle only right. with love, makes this beautiful she jewelry. Makes insane jewelry. And, and she has this totally cool workshop space yeah. off Abikini in Venice. And one night, Teeny text me or call me. I can't remember which one it was, but it was like midnight. I, was, I, was, I should have not been up, but I was up and it's like, Tarot, I got you a space. Like this is the spot you have to, like that night I'm like calling the landlord at middle of the night, uh-huh. like locking in this space on Apikini in Venice Beach, California. So if you happen to come to Venice Beach, California and uh, it's it, quite near Erwan, we have this little shroom room and you can get free mushrooms there. You can just come over and we sell um, uh, handmade mugs, mushroom mugs and, and wooden mugs and mushroom t-shirts. And we actually, Travis makes us, uh, he makes these pants, these ninja pants. So we make right. mushroom ninja pants and just a community to, uh, to have a cup of uh, mushrooms on us and uh, hang out and talk about all things fungi. Awesome, man. Yeah. Good talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, that was super fascinating. I mean, I learned a ton. There's still so much to learn um, and uh, very helpful. You know, it's just, it's it's enlightening and illuminating to realize that there's this whole world out there that that I still have so much exploration, you know, to go through. And I think most people do. So thank you for the work that you do and bringing this awareness to the world and, uh, and uh, helping people achieve better health, man. It's cool, and I'm excited for the new book and the journey that you're on, and I'm here to support you every way I can. Thanks, you've already done a lot. And uh, for this episode, you should do uh, the mushroom emoji and, and peace. Oh, yeah, so, I will do that. Okay. Yeah, like instead one of, time. Instead plants. of the peace and then the plants, I'll put a mushroom. Yeah, for, one. for one time. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I love I like that. that. Yeah. yeah, Cool, man. All right, Thanks so for having me if on. you're digging on Ontario again, um, Pick up the new book, Healing Mushrooms, available everywhere, October 10th, currently available for pre-order, of course, right? Yep. And uh, forsigmatic.com, super cheap. What's, what is it going to cost? 16 bucks and probably yeah. somewhere less. Yeah, nice, man. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Un- unnamed online outlet, probably. Yeah, wherever you buy your, wherever you, you buy your books yeah. uh, and support independent bookstores as well. Oh, for sure. Um, forsigmatic.com and where else can people connect with you? 
I'm, I'm really bad with social. I have like a private Instagram. I am Tarot, but I try to put out good content through Four Sigmatic. So F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C. And that's on Instagram too. And, and Twitter. YouTube and Twitter. Twitter I don't know. Facebook. Probably all of the usual suspects. So. All right, man. Cool. Peace and <laughs> mushrooms. Awesome. Fascinating, right? I know, unbelievable. And we only scratched the very surface of what this whole crazy mushroom kingdom is all about and how it can be an incredible benefit to our health and vitality. I've been using tarot stuff for years, but if all of this is brand new to you, Tarot was nice enough to create a cool giveaway for you guys, something he calls 120 Days on Shrooms. They're giving away a 120-day supply of mushrooms to five lucky fans of the RRP. Basically, they're putting together a bundle of my two favorite Four Sigmatic products, the Cordyceps Elixir, uh, four boxes of that, which is amazing pre-workout, as well as Mushroom Coffee with Lion's Mane, four boxes of that uh, to replace your morning, Joe. I'm telling you, this stuff will light you up. It's unbelievable. As well as a copy of Tarot's new book, Healing Mushrooms. To enter, simply take a screen grab of this podcast episode on your mobile device or your computer, and then post it on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And importantly, make sure that you tag it. Use the tag hashtag Rich and Tarot, T-E-R-O, and that way we'll be able to see it and you'll be entered into the giveaway. Uh, the giveaway, the period of this ends on October 10th, so you got to do it right away. Also, you must be a U.S. resident to enter for shipping purposes. Again, this is not a paid sponsorship thing. I don't benefit financially from this whatsoever. It's just a cool thing Tara wanted to do for you guys. That's it. Also, don't forget to pick up his book, Healing Mushrooms. It drops tomorrow, 1010, at least on the date that I am recording this. And follow Four Sigmatic on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's F-O-U-R Sigmatic. Easy to find. How's the plate doing? You guys eating right? Are you eating more plants? Have you checked out the meal planner yet? So many people struggle. I put together this amazing tool. It solves all of your problems. Basically, when you sign up for this incredible service that we recently created, you'll get access to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plant-based recipes, unlimited meal plans and grocery lists. Everything's metric system compliant. And it's all really personalized and customized based on your specific goals, your food preferences, your allergies, your time constraints. We have an incredible customer support team. These people are experts. They live and breathe this stuff. They have graduate degrees. They're athletes. And we even have grocery delivery. I used to say in 22 metropolitan areas, but they just corrected me and said that now it's up to 60. So that's incredible. Uh, this is life-changing stuff, you guys. Essentially, everything you need to start eating healthier and make it stick. So if this sounds cool to you, you can check out uh, what the offering is all about at meals.richroll.com or click on meal planner at the top menu at richroll.com. The whole program is available to you for just $1.90 a week when you sign up for a year. Totally affordable. That was a big priority in putting this together. I wanted to create a product that everybody could enjoy. And I'm proud of it. I'm really proud of it, which is why I keep talking about it. Anyway, meals.richroll.com. Check it out. Finally, another quick reminder. My 51st birthday is coming up October 20th. I'm using it to... Try to do something good. I'm trying to raise $51,000 for charity water to help bring clean water to those most in need. And I need your help to get there. Come on, you guys. It's the giving season. So please consider a one-time gift of $51, $1 for every year. I have been drinking clean water on planet Earth. To learn more, visit my campaign page, my fundraising page at my.charitywater.org forward slash rich roll. Also put that link up in the show notes. And while we're talking about show notes, 
please always make a point of checking out the show notes on the episode page for not only this episode, but for all episodes. We put a lot of time and effort into creating essentially a bibliography, all kinds of links and resources to really extend uh, the experience of the podcast uh, beyond just what you're hearing and putting it more into action. And we've got lots of great links up there for Tarot and this episode as well. Uh, if you would like to support this show and my work, share it with your friends and on social media, leave a review on iTunes, hit that subscribe button. We also have a Patreon set up for people who want to support my work. But I am asking that if you're one of those people who's thinking about throwing me a few bucks, I appreciate that very much. But at least through my birthday, why don't we throw that at Charity Water instead? I'd much rather uh, have that money go towards those people who need it much more than myself. Also, I send a free weekly short email out every week called Roll Call, five or six things I stumbled across over the course of the week, a video I watched, a documentary, a couple articles, a new product I'm enjoying, just stuff like that. No affiliate links. I'm not trying to make any money off this. Uh, just a way for me to share things that interest and inspire me um, and kind of cut through the morass of social media where stuff just can, tends to get lost in people's crazy uh, timelines and all that kind of stuff. So that's it. I want to thank everybody who helped put on the show today. Jason Camiello for audio engineering and production. Sean Patterson for all his graphic wizardry. David Zamet, the newest member of the team for all his video work. And he started taking portraits of all of the guests, which are amazing. We're going to start building that into this experience. He made a video behind the scenes of the Tarot episode, and he's finishing up a video that goes more in depth into my conversation with Tarot. So keep an eye out for that. You can go to youtube.com forward slash rich roll to see all my videos there and theme music as always by Analemma. But as I pointed out the other day, Jason Camiello, our engineer, also writes a lot of the interstitial music. Those are some of his original compositions. So thank you, Jason, for that. You can find him on social media at Jason Camiello, C-A-M-I-O-L-O, -O, and David Zamet, also on Instagram, David, Z-A-M-M-I-T. Thanks for the love, you guys. I'll see you back here soon. Peace, plants, mushrooms. Namaste. Yeah.